Hello, this is Iris Star, and I just spoke my truth on Afrobeats Intelligence. Afrobeats Intelligence Podcast. Afrobeats Intelligence, democratizing African music. <laughs> what's up? What's up? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm okay. You? you I'm going. How's the? Do you? How's the reception for the new project? It's amazing. I. <laughs> Because we just had a conversation yes, about this before, yes. <laughs> so I'm thinking, should I answer like, no, you or can. should I give the same way? No, you can. So I feel like I'm not present right now. Yeah. To like, right now I'm, I'm still working. So the reception has been amazing so far, but I've not had enough time to really like sip it in and like, you know, notice all the amazing messages. Because I'm still like working. working. Do you? Is this the first project when you've not been really present? Definitely. Huh. Definitely. Um, Bloody Samaritan, uh, it's not Bloody Samaritan, Antin and Ninja is the first, um, before the Daylocks, yeah. actually, I slept the day it got released, like the time it got released, I was asleep, like people were calling me like, your album is out, I was, as- I was gone, I was asleep. <laughs> Why? Was it, was it the, was it the, were you... Were you just done with the entire process? You were just happy to see yeah, it out? Yeah, like, I just felt like, okay, yeah, okay, it's going to get released. I didn't want to, I feel like the first few, like, minutes of your album getting released, I noticed from my first EP, yeah. like, or um, my first single, I was, like, very, like, active, and I was on Twitter, I wanted to see, and sometimes it's like, you. I just want time for myself, you understand, so... After I released that the album, I don't want it to be about just pe- what people have to say. It's also I've done well, so I just give my time that time to like rest and sleep and get myself together. Then people's um um you know um, rec- um what's the word um, reviews <laughs> people's reviews <laughs> yeah, that's it. people's reviews can like come later and it's, and I'll appreciate it. Hmm. Nice. But do you do you in any way like? Focus on the reviews. What do they do for you? Do you do you see mm. a lot of them? I do. Like when I see like um, fans talking about the album and what the album like, just things that I didn't know people would notice about like my music or something yeah. like. Oh, I love the way in between is actually in between the both. Like it's like the middle song between all the songs, and it's such a beautiful song. It's like an interlude. Some people notice that the first time like Nancy and they just came out, and this deluxe too. Like people are just getting to notice like the songs that I never thought that. They would like you understand like songs from like Cam like Kama Bridgerton. Yeah, yeah. People are just noticing it now, and they're like, "Oh, they didn't know Ira could sing this and could sing that." So the reviews mean a lot to me because it's like I'm literally making music for the world. True. As much as I'm making for myself, I'm trying yeah. to heal the world with my music. So. True. But, but how does it feel having to leave your your professional life for the world? Mm. How does it feel? You're under the microscope. Everything you do is amplified mm. beyond your circle. How's that feeling? To be honest, I I try not to think too deep into it because, like, it's God that brought me here at the end of the day. God brought me here so far. He has a vision for me and he wants me to, like, I won't be doing this if God didn't want me to be doing this. True. Literally. So I'm just, like, doing his work, to be honest. So I don't think too deep about it. I just focus on the bag, focus on the prize, focus on what I'm trying to do with my music. Yeah. So, yeah. But what changes in terms of, like now you have an active, you're actively not focusing on it. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's an active process. Mm-hmm. You're actively not focusing on it. When did it, when did you, when did it get to you? When was the first time you said, okay, um, I'm just going to focus on this? Because I feel like for people who, for new artists, mm-hmm. new artists who are just coming into mainstream consciousness, for so long you have been by yourself. You've been doing things in your corner. Yeah, and it's just for you. And, yes. Mm-hmm. And now the world is in on it. Um, wh- when did you start not focusing on it? Hmm. To be honest, I just always had like mixed ways of feeling about it. Sometimes I'm like not focusing and sometimes I'm like focused. I feel like everything I've done in my life has prepared me for this like period right now. You understand? Like people's opinions like... I've been in very mixed like environments growing up. I grew up in Kotonou, I grew up in Lagos, I grew up in Abuja. So Whoa. yeah, so I grew up in mixed environments. Like I, I went to a very religious school, even though my I was not from a religious family. Like, what school was that? Deeper life was a deeper life school. <laughs> I went to a deeper life school. And my mom was spiritual, but we're not like that. 
Yeah, yeah, it was then very... They're not like spirit cocoa. Yeah, you know, so it's not, it was, and I was just, it was a shock, but I learned how to live with it. So a lot of things I've, I feel like have prepared me so much for being like under the eye of like everybody now. I know how to, you know. So yeah, I feel like a lot of things in my life have definitely prepared me for now. So Beautiful. But being in a deeper life school. <laughs> <laughs> they used to beat me. <laughs> <laughs> what you would did you did you stand out so much? <laughs> too much. I stood out too much, too much because I just I I grew up like in a household where we're allowed to speak our truth and just like ask questions. Yeah. Like if we didn't understand, I would ask my auntie. My auntie would explain it to me like a normal person. Like she wouldn't, like, you know, so she would explain yeah, it to there'll me. There'll be no condescension. Yeah, she would say why I should do this and why, like integrity, all those things, and why they are so important and. When I went, I, when I got to like school, it was so different. Like, come on, keep quiet. What, how can you say that? I'm like, I remember they would tell me like, oh, women are not allowed to wear like trousers. I'd be like, no that's not a, that's not true. God did not say yeah. that. I'm like, what do you know? You this small girl. I'm like, show us if God said it. <laughs> one time I painted my nail pink, just yeah. one nail pink, and one teacher saw it, and I remember like they knelt me down. And it was all these teachers were just like, you can never be anything if you continue like this. I was surely like 13, 14. No and way. we had like these female teachers around me saying that, you're painting your nails pink. Like, how can you be like this? Like, you want to be used? I'm like, I was, I was just going to them, I was like, oh, we're not going to do all right. <laughs> <laughs> but do you, do you, I, have you been in communication with any of those people from school, your teachers back then? Do, um, have I have a, a teacher that literally like inspired me. He, he literally said I was going to be signed to Maven. It's crazy. He when, did. Yes, I was like 14 then, and he was like, you're going to be signed to Maven. Maven is going to sign you, start making videos, and he would just inspire me. When I'm singing like in school, we'll be like, oh, sing in the choir, go to, ch-. like, and he was even Muslim, but he told me, go to church and join the choir, and he no just, way. he was my math teacher, and he just inspired me. Also my civic teacher. So, Mr. Sahid, Mr. Inka, God bless you guys. <laughs> Every one of you guys, you guys better not be saying I went to your school because I'll come for you. <laughs> But your friends, did they did they have? Okay, you were singing in school, mm-hmm. and did they did they have an inkling? Did people did people Definitely. were you marked to, for being a star? Did people Definitely, ch- I feel like people believed it before I even did. Like it's so crazy. Yeah. Like I would just have conversations. I remember I was, one time I was having a conversation with my friend, and she was like, "You know, you're gonna be like when you you know like you need to start." I don't know what the conversation was, but she was like, "You know, you're, you know, you're gonna be a celebrity soon." And we were like 14, and I didn't understand. It's now that, like, I think about it, like, why did she think like that? Why did she say? And everybody just thought it was normal. Everybody was like, oh, is Oin, is Oin now? Oin is going to blow. Everybody just knew. I don't know why, but like, I think that's what made me so confident, just the people around me. I knew of your previous page, um, talking about Oin. Yeah. I knew of your previous, you, your page was once King Oin. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Before you became IR Star, your Instagram was King Oin. And back then, it was it was surprising when you were finally released and I saw Ira Star. I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's that's interesting. You chose that for you chose the name for um okay, for the public, that is. Mm-hmm. Definitely. What were you calling yourself before? It was just Oin. Everybody used to call me Oin. Everybody called me Oin Kong. Every like literally until the day I released my EP, my name was Oin. It became like Arista. I don't like Arista. I'll be like, I was like, I'm looking for Arista. <laughs> I was looking for. I was like, okay, but like, yeah, I I love the name so much. I feel like because of we're, we're Africans and we're Nigerian, and as a Yoruba girl, like yeah. all every Yoruba name means like a like a prayer or like manifest. Like it always means a prayer. It's an affirmation so it was yes, yeah, so it was so important for me for my name to mean something that I want to stand for. And that's what I did. I stood by Oyin means honey. I love it. I could have I could have also gone by Oyin, but my team, um Don Jazzy, Rima, you know, when we all sat down and thought about it and it just made sense that okay, you know, so we we got a name called um, Ira in Yoruba, but I knew that Nigerians will not pronounce it as Ira. Yeah. They will not, they will not pronounce it as Ira. They will pronounce it as Ira. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I started praying for a name. I was like, God, just show me a name. My mom said I should pray about it. So in my mind, I'm like, when I pray about it, God will just show it in my dream. Like, I'll just see a Is name. It? That's what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> my mom was like, just pray about it. I'm like, okay. So I was like, okay, maybe if I pray about it, God will just show me a name, maybe, or something like that. But I don't even know how it happened. But I just started to like, 
Google it one time. I was like, let me check what IRA, and I spelled like A Y R A. Yeah. And IRA literally means someone that's like highly respected, woke, open minded. In what language? In Arabic. Oh. So it just made sense. I was like, and that I was have it. A name. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. And for 19 and Dangerous, what, what convinces you? I want to, I want to say, what convinces an artist that this piece of work needs, or rather, this piece of work that's considered perfect, that you've poured your blood and soul, that mm-hmm. it can be an improvement after it has touched the world? What convinces you can of I that? Can I get a question again? My mind just... Okay. This, what, convi- what convinces an artist that this piece of work, like your 19 and Dangerous, mm-hmm. brilliant album? Thank you. Why did you have to go improve perfection? Hmm. Hmm. That's such a deep question. <laughs> yes, but, but that's it. I listened to the previous the mm-hmm. previous version. I'm like, this is perfect. This is great. To be honest, like, it didn't make sense to me too, in a way, because I, I I wanted a deluxe, but at the same time, I also wanted a new project. And yeah. I was like, let me just do a new project. But... I thank God for my team because we can't do this alone at the end of the day. Sure. So I spoke to like my team and they just explained to me like 19 and Dangerous is a classic album. Yeah. You know, I've never done this before. I don't know what this music thing is. I'm just winging it and we'll see what goes. But like 19 and Dangerous is a classic album and it has already done what it needs to do. Yeah. But at the same time, it should just be an amazing thing to just wrap it up and just like People, people that are noticed, that are knowing, that know Bloody Samaritan don't know 19 and Dangerous. Yeah. They literally don't even know I have an album. People are like shocked, like, oh, she has a, an album. I have so, like so many new fans this year because yeah. I've toured like around everywhere and people don't know the album. They just know the popular songs. Sure. And I have all these songs that I had written way even before 19 and Dangerous. Skinny yeah. Girl, Ashe, yeah. um, all the songs. I wrote them when I was like 16. Do you understand? And it's like, okay. I, w- I wanted them in 19 and Dangerous but they couldn't make it. But... I was like, for this deluxe, I want something that would just like, you know, finish the story. 19 and Dangerous, onto the next now. You understand? 19 and Dangerous deluxe now, but onto the next stage of my life. And this, everything I was making at that time just fits into 19 and Dangerous. So yeah. we had to make a deluxe. Hmm. And the songs that you added, like a very interesting record here is the Lonely Refix. <laughs> Why did you refix it? I actually wanted um, Zeno on the song. But I got the idea like two days before that album got released. So I was like, can we get Zeno Liski on? They were like, Ira, your album is coming like two days after. So it wasn't possible. I wanted one day call to on cam on camera. Like yeah. all these ideas came like very late. And I was like, you know what, okay, since I'm doing a deluxe, it'd be nice to just make a, a brand new song and mm-hmm. with Zeno. I know Zeno will body the song and that's what he did. I really love the record. Thank you so much. I think it's one of the best uh, on the project and what you did. I just find it's so interesting because you are considered bougie. I am. Yes, you That's are. That's crazy. <laughs> I didn't know I was, though. Am I considered bougie? Yeah. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> You're considered bougie. You're yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> and then, and then you are, you're collaborating with an artist that... Um, comes from that comes from the mm. street, and so when I saw it first, I was like, "Okay, how do these people fit?" But Zeno, Zeno, he held his own. He held his own, and I feel like, as much as I'm considered bougie, I really am. Not. <laughs> what, why? Why do you think you're not bougie? I, I don't think I'm bougie though. Like I just, I I, I know how to, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I just I, I grew up like. I didn't grow up bougie. I didn't grow up bougie in any way. Yeah. I grew up. I grew up in like three different places. Like I said, I grew yeah. up in um, Kotonu. I didn't. I was not bougie in Kotonu. I was living in like the worst, worst parts of Kotonu. When I was in Lagos, I live in um, Mero. Shout out to my people in Mero, Ijae. God bless you, Mero. Yeah, I've never been to Mero before. That's like it's like after Abulegba. That's far. That's very far, and it, but it's before it's before Songo. So oh. it's like. Yeah, but it's very far. That's the ends of the that's earth. That's ends. That's the ends. So that's like I grew up in the end. <laughs> and and then in the final place you grew up, you grew up in three places. What, um, Abuja, Abuja. Mm-hmm. Abuja. But you, yeah. you grew up in the city in Abuja, of course. Yes, yes. Okay. But like also like it's still where I grew up was still ends. So as much as you know, I feel like maybe it's good. Shark. All the money my mother spent on school. Maybe it's showing up. It is. <laughs> it is. I can say that. And and when you grow up in this. In, this, in these places, growing up as a kid in these places, 
you know, you went to good schools. You went mm. to schools where, mm. you know, they paid money for that. And the, the societal influence, yeah, that's the word, societal influence, how does it mix with that? With, did you go out a lot? Did you mm. roll with kids on the streets or you were locked in the house? Well, not until we started living in, that's like the last two years of high school. That's when I started living in, uh, with my grandparents in um, Mera. Yeah. So before then, every like place we would stay, we just had to be inside because of, we either grew up in an environment that wasn't safe. And that's why we started doing music. That's why all my family, like everybody, my brother is a video director, my younger brother is a songwriter, my sister yeah. is models and those influencing, and she's 16. So we all had like, we, all, we were always just with each other and we just, because my mom wanted to make it fun for us because we couldn't go outside, we couldn't play outside. So we just had to like make things. So we would do like choreographies in like, like in the house, we would do like music competitions. <laughs> and we took it so seriously. Of course. It was so crazy. We took it so when I think about it, it's so crazy how we would have a choreography like competition next week and we start talking about our outfits this week. <laughs> like my mother would take us to go and buy our choreography outfits <laughs> with our gloves, everything. <laughs> and we'll be dancing like it was such an important thing because of that's what we knew. That was my community, just my family. So I didn't really get to like mix outside as much until I moved to Lagos again in, with my grandparents. Yeah. So that's when I started like, okay, mixing with people. I started taking music seriously. I started I'm going to church and singing. My neighbors too were musicians. So they taught me a lot. Your was, neighbors were yeah. artists. Yeah, so like my neighbors were also young and wanted to become musicians. So they could play the guitar and like the violin and we would just always be there and doing something there or just making music or just something. Sure. Right. Huh. And that influenced heavily. Definitely. Huh. Definitely. I saw your brother. I know I met, I've met Mila once. Yes. Your younger brother. Mm -hmm. But I saw the elder one, the video director. Yes. He was around uh, two days ago. Yes. The first time. This is the second mm -hmm. time we're supposed to have this interview. <laughs> the first time. <laughs> so the, the first time, you know, um, Ira, it, Ira it just was didn't late. Work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. <laughs> Lagos traffic and humbles everybody. Yes, it does. No it matter does. who you are. It does. It it does. It does. But having, were you the first to leave home? Hmm. In terms of leave home, leave home. I'm not sure I was the first to leave home. I don't still feel like, like I've left home. Why? Because like, I'm literally, like my family is still like my number one. If I'm answering that question right, yeah? Yeah. So my family is still like with me. Like I still live with my brothers my mom just comes like maybe like during the weekends and comes. So I don't feel like I've left home. I still feel like I'm in a very, I'm, I'm still home, literally. Oh, beautiful. So it's still the same house. It's still like, we're still like together. Me and my siblings, we all live together. There's no independence for me. So this, uh, this, this image, I'm trying to, this image of you guys just working together, having mm -hmm. so much fun together and creating together is you became an you became an art you became a professional artist mm -hmm. and your brother helps in your creativity also definitely both my brothers oh the elder mm -hmm. one films yes and the younger one writes with me so both my brothers were you, were you happy that he was signed to Maven? I was definitely like he's the most intelligent person and he like we're talking about my younger brother yeah let's just get it I yeah Milan so yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm so proud of him. And like, I remember when my brother was younger, like we, we didn't really have like instruments. Yeah. And anytime he saw an instrument, he would just start playing something. And I was like, How, where did you learn that from? And he just knew it. Like he just knew music. And music was just something he just always knew. It was inbuilt. He just inbuilt. And it was just so crazy how like he would have a guitar and he would write a whole song. Guitar you've never played before, you're writing a song on it. So he has always just inspired me. And... For you, you're a very dope writer. Mm -hmm. You write so much, and you know, even when yeah. you co-write with others, it's it's very visual. You write very visually um, across across multiple themes. I remember when you did DTR. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, <laughs> and now you come down here and you're seeing records like uh, we have Skinny Girl Anthem. <laughs> <laughs> That's the funniest song I've ever written. What? Skinny Girl Anthem. Yes. I, I ain't got no... Let me even... Let me, let me, I have questions. I have questions for that. Let me see if I can get it up. London. London. 
face, but I'll steal your mind with my kitty just to look in his with me. He's with me. <laughs> That's a wild way to start a song. Very crazy. Why? Why why'd you write that? To be honest, I did, why did I even write the song? When I was like, I just, I've, I'm just always inspired by a lot of things. I wrote begging a bus because I saw like somebody begging outside and it just inspired me. I was in Shango Tedo traffic yeah. and I was inside the bus and, you know, people came to pay for money. I was like, oh, let me try this song. And it inspired the whole Beggy Beggy song. So oh. the weirdest thing always, always like inspire me. And I don't even, why did I write this song? I think I wrote it because of like a, a, um, a girl that, was my friend, I don't know if she was my friend or we're just like, we just knew each other. Yeah. And her boyfriend, I think she was scared her boyfriend liked me. And I was um, like, oh, and... Did, she, did he like you though? I'm not sure he liked me because like, why? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure he liked me, but, but um, he didn't, he didn't because it was very professional. Yeah. But, and it was just like my way of like, you don't have to be like insecure. I understand that. I was trying to explain to her like, okay, don't like... But she still was like, I was like, okay, you know what, girl? Just forget that I'm skinny. Forget. Okay, <laughs> I could do what I want, but I'm not going to do it, okay? It's very easy. I want her to know that it's very easy for me to do what I want to do, yeah. but I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. So Does she know this was about her? No, definitely <laughs> Definitely not. Maybe she'll know now. Yeah, she will. <laughs> Yeah, so it was just like my my and she's a, she's like a very thick girl, so it was yeah. like a, like a like a love song to her. Like, you're beautiful, I'm beautiful. You don't have to call me out and say I'm skinny or like you understand. Know, like she was trying to like body shame me, and I was like, thick girls are beautiful. I don't skinny as much as I'm writing a skinny girl anthem. Yeah, we don't need an anthem. True, because like why we're True. beautiful. Everybody's beautiful. True. So that was the whole point of the song. Mm. Beautiful and. One of the things I, one of the things that was very striking about you when you arrived, it felt a lot like you, you did own your generation, own like the generation that mm-hmm. you're, you're from, uh, your Gen Z, and that's such a very big part of your, mm. of your getup, both in the music that you write, the the way you brand yourself, mm-hmm. and all of that. Why? Yes, I find it interesting because a lot of people. So you see some artists, mm-hmm. and what they have is they always rep something from their existence, an element, a place. Some people yeah. rep their city. Yeah, some people might rep their. Some people might rep. I don't know their family or something, mm-hmm. or maybe they are propensity to do one particular thing. Yeah, but for you, it was your generation. The whole generation. What's so important? You also rep angels, by the way. Yes, I do. <laughs> angels, <laughs> celestial <Absolutely>. beings. <laughs> I think what's so important to me f- to do that because, like, there's for Africans, there's never been like a teenage female musician or pop star. Yeah. And I remember when I was younger, there was no representation of that. It was something that was so far away from my imagination that, as much as I wanted to come a superstar, it was not something I thought I could. Yeah. At, at, at the back of my head, it was still some type of doubt because I was like, "There's never been. There's no example to look up to and be like, oh, this is like a teenage like superstar that came from Africa and is taking over the world.' And it was so important for me to create to create that representation for younger girls coming. Yeah. So I went to make music, not just as much as it's, I say Gen Z. It's crazy how my music has. Like a lot of people from different generations can connect to the music and understand it, but it was so important to me, especially for like black young girls. Yeah, my younger sister, my younger sister's friends. I want them to just have that person that they can look up to. Because I did not, I did not. I grew up watching Disney. Yeah, I I grew up and there was no representation. I did not know at all. I could. I. Oh wow! <laughs> oh wow! Leave the studio right now. Ow! Ow! Who is that? <laughs> Outside, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, like, um, what was I saying? Yeah, you're talking about representation for mm-hmm. them. Yeah, so it was so important for me to do that, like, for because I did not grow up at all. So I was just like, I was always saying, I want to become a teenage pop star. That was like my dream. I want to start when I'm a teenager. So I knew my first album was going to be 19 and dangerous. Literally, when I was not even 19, I was like 15, and I was like, my first album is 19 and dangerous because it's so important for me to. Hold that like nineteen, teen. Yeah. I want people to. I want to be able to inspire a whole generation into also doing it 
and making music. So it was, and also like it's a timestamp for mm-hmm. uh, even your life. Like at this exactly. point, I was nineteen. Exactly, this was my teenage album. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. But being a teenager in this space, I know. I remember when we didn't have teenagers playing in this space. At all. There was a generational gap because parents were very averse to having their kids mm-hmm. be exposed to the industry. Okay. And then Whiskey came, and then that changed a lot. Um, a lot of young people started coming into the yeah. space. And here you are. Mm-hmm. Do you ever think about it, your teenagehood, and being doing all of this at this level as a teenager? Mm, definitely, you know. Most of the time when I think about it, it's just out of gratitude because I've always wanted to and it's like what I've prayed for, you know. Like said, like when I remember the first time I saw Whiskey on TV yeah. and my sister was like, oh, like he's 18. I was like, what? I remember the day very well. I was like, he's 18? I'd never seen him before. I'd never heard it before. And I remember just like something in my head. I was like, yes, like, crazy. okay, okay, it's coming. We're coming. We can't, we can't do this. So it's crazy and... I'm just excited, you know. At the same time, as it's so fun, to be honest, it's so fun because I am. In what way? I'm a, I'm literally like just 20, and I'm I've traveled around the world as much as it's work. Yeah, a lot of people don't get this opportunity. Sure, it's crazy. As much as it's work, as much as I like to complain, I'm working too much. I'm still literally I'm complaining inside a hotel in <laughs> in, in in one like minus country like that. Do you understand? And it's, it's like I'm so grateful because like I get to I get to do what I love. And I get to do it this young, and I yeah. get to make money. I get to, you know, do things for my family. I get to do do things for the people that I love. Does it? Does it ever? Do you ever think you'll be jaded by by the life you live? Hmm. I think so. I feel like we're human, and like everybody's human. I think at one point you're just gonna feel jaded. I feel like it's just becoming aware of yourself and just knowing that okay. What can you do? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. That's that's cool because a lot of people, a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people get jaded. Yeah, I feel like I feel like everyone that's done as long as you are doing like as long as you are making music, as long as you are like you're a creative person, you're going to get jaded. Like it's just because sometimes when you speak to so I speak to a lot, a lot of artists across many generations. Mm-hmm. I've been here for ten years. So. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's just it's just ten years of um, of being in the industry mm. in many capacities. But when you when you speak to the older people, so there's a huge difference when I speak to the young people mm-hmm. and the older generation. Maybe someone like you, you're 19 now. The people in their actually, early, you're 20. 20. Yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you're 20 now, and then there are people in their early 20s. Mm. When you speak to them about the industry and about their work and you speak to the older ones, there's a marked difference. I see, on one hand, there's a lot of excitement on the other end because a lot of things are, are still being discovered. Mm-hmm. But the older ones, you just hear, ah, I can't do that. No, I can't move like that. No, I can't move like that. No, I can't move like that. And I wonder, is it experience that causes that? I think definitely. I think so. Because, like, you know, when you ask, before, for young people, yeah. we just entered the public eye. True. So a lot of our mind is still, like, a lot of things that's happening, and a lot of decisions we make is still, like, our own. Because not a lot of people know us, even though we're still famous, not a lot of people know us. These people have been here for longer, you know. Everything they've done, like, at the, the earlier time of Afrobeat was way worse than this time. So yeah. just imagine the scrutiny they had to face. Just yes. imagine everything for doing this. So now they have to move a certain way because they are bigger now and they have a lot more to lose. The younger ones, we, we got nothing to lose. So it's like... But what changed for you when you... What changed in terms of personally when you discovered that when you finally got into a position where you know, okay, there's a lot to lose now? Mm, to, be, to be honest, nothing... Nothing really has changed. I still carry like myself the way I've carried myself at the beginning. You yeah. know, when I start to overthink and I'm like, you know, I don't want to. I have people around me that just put my head back. Don Jazzy is always like, you need to live your life. Very important. He would just advise me every time. You need to live your life. You need to, like you are young. Like you can't be <laughs> living life for other people. You are yeah. young, and that's what I've done. I just even though I know that okay, I can't make some. I can't. There's some things I cannot do. Yeah, I still try as much to just like have fun like whatever happens is a learning like sure. experience so. and for for so Don Jazzy was on the podcast mm-hmm. um, I, I filmed it in his house 
and we spoke a lot about artists and how he, you know, managing, not managing, he doesn't manage directly, but like shepherding artists, mm-hmm. guiding careers, being a, a big brother of some sort. And one thing he said that was very striking, I think one thing he said that was very striking for me is he allows people just be themselves. Mm-hmm. Like you live your best life, you move in the way that you want, all the elements that you introduce into your art, they are yours. Um, having this sort of people and the way you got into the game, um, the mainstream game, mm-hmm. it was very, it was very sheltered. I think, yeah, it's very sheltered because you have people that support you and all that. Do you, how much do you lean on them? To be honest, I'm so grateful because, like, you don't like a lot of people that do music and I don't know, don't have who to push them into the right direction and what to do and all that. And it's like me, I'm they're just like literally a call away. Like if I need answers for something, like if I need help with something, it's literally, everybody's literally just a call away because yeah. of my label. Like every, the way the label is, everybody's like family. So I can just call anybody around 2 a.m. If I'm starting to overthink, if I'm crying, I'm like, I'm just like, I don't think I can do this. <laughs> and they're like, okay, all right, what can we do to help? You understand? So I definitely have been like protected. What causes those moments? Just overthinking. And to be honest, before I used to like be so hard on myself for feeling maybe overwhelmed or just like overthinking but it's like I'm surely 20 and I'm like I'm a girl and I'm like young I'm allowed to be sad sometimes <laughs> I'm allowed to be yes, so yeah sometimes I'm just in my head I'm just like am I even, like, what am I even? maybe like because I work so much I yeah. literally work like every day so if they give me if I have like a day where I'm not doing anything yeah I'm literally like Am I doing my life? Like, I'm just like, everywhere is just dry. I don't have work. Like, that's, For real? that's me, literally. And the day before, I'm like, you guys need to give me a break. I need to rest. I need to sleep. But after I've slept, I'm like, I just need to do something. Do you have any work for me? I'm asking, like, do you have anything for me? Because I'm so used to it. So, yeah. Yeah. And I saw your documentary with Spotify. Yeah. Yeah, that was beautiful. Thank you. That was beautiful. It just showed a lot of you. <laughs> showed a lot of your life. Yeah. But more than anything, it showed apart from your life, how you move, it also showed the amount of love mm. that exists in your mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. And that's very important. Yeah. I think very, it is. Very. And for this, your first, so you've had a number of hits. Mm-hmm. How many years now? This is your third year? Second. It's just, <laughs> it feels like you've been here for no. five years. <laughs> My second year. it's it's just a good it's good it's a testament to how much you've Mm -hmm. worked Mm -hmm. and your record Bloody Samaritan did a madness craziness biggest madness became became one of the soundtrack of our lives I think it's one of our classics yes definitely yeah one of our classics and then you brought Kelly Rowland on it did she did she indicate interest to be on it definitely I love Kelly Rowland and I'm a big fan so, like, once she texted me, because I already follow her. Okay, so she texted you. Once she, you. like, sent me a DM, I just saw, like, as the DM entered my phone, like, this, I saw the notifications. I was like, everybody, wait, 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 something's happening here. So it was, um, she already, like, liked Fashion Killer, so she did a video with Fashion yeah, Killer. Yeah, I saw that. She yeah, so that. Was, I was like, oh, my God, Kelly Roland knows my music, da, 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 da. So when she, like, she wanted to be on, like, Bloody Samaritan Remix, I'm like, amen, this is God, <laughs> this is God, because I'm such a big fan of her. Yeah. Yeah. How the process, the recording process, did you guys meet any of that? Not for the recording process, but like for the video. Okay. So she literally sent me a verse. And me, I'm listening to the verse like, "Ah, Kelly, it's not your song. (laughs) (laughs) It's not your song. You don't have to go this hard. And she did. She went crazy. I was just screaming. I could see the text. I was like, I was like, ah, Kelly, thank you so much, Miss Kelly. I love you. Like the song was, the verse was so hard. So yeah. Yeah, she was. She killed it. And then you now have Rush. Mm-hmm. Rush is about to. <laughs> Rush is about to. <laughs> so the first day I heard Rush. Okay, the first time I saw the snippet you posted when you were about to drop the song. And I'm like, this is fire. I can't wait. And it came out and it's doing numbers. Crazy. It's mad. It's become one of the songs of the year. Mm-hmm. How do you know... Or rather, when you write records, how do you know when something's a hit? Hmm. I actually don't know. I'm the worst person in asking if something's a hit. You never hit. get an inkling? Mm-mm. Maybe Bloody Samaritan, I got an inkling. But the funny thing is that the songs I doubt the most are usually my biggest songs. 
So it's crazy because Bloody Samaritan, all these songs, like, even away, like, I had, I was like, but they became, they are all my biggest songs. It's crazy. So, Rush, after I recorded Rush. Where'd you record it? In Lagos. Okay. It was actually in my house. I recorded it, and I, when I recorded it, I was like, oh my God, I don't know if this is, like, I don't know if I like it, or I don't know if I, like, I don't know if it's nice. I remember I told Jazzy, I was like, oh my God, I'm scared. I don't know. I think it's not, I don't think it's my style. I just think, you know, and they were like, you ought to be singing. <laughs> and I did like, it sounded good. So why was I like being scared? Yeah. So when I made the song, I was so unsure. But the first day they released that song, yeah. well, actually their confidence, I actually felt their confidence because they were so confident. I remember I sent it to almost everybody. I sent it to Rema. And if I sent it to Rema, I know Rema is going to be so truthful. Yeah. <laughs> he, no, will not, no, no, he will not cap <laughs> at all. So I was like, what do you think? Oh, just let me know what you think. And I was like, I love this. Like, this is hard. Like, ah, this is my chance. This is too. I was like, okay. I played it for Cray. I played it yeah. for Cray. And I was like, what do you think about the song? And Cray was like, hey. Cray like, just, he didn't say anything. He just got up and was dancing. I was like, hmm. <laughs> mm, this cool. Like these guys that they will change it for me anytime. Okay, they're very, they're very. Okay, you guys have this on, this policy of honesty to each yeah, other. Yeah, like just a, they're like my guys, they're friends, so they won't lie to me. Like just like having like siblings, like True. you you lie to your siblings, just like you you would laugh at them. If it was bad, he would laugh. Like you would just laugh from like. <laughs> is, is that deflating? When it happens, does it deflate you? <laughs> I'll be like God, like God, the whole Iron Star. <laughs> <laughs> So I just knew that okay, again, I played it for like London, a producer, and I tell you, I'm telling you, these guys are the most honest people. They would tell me like, mm, it's not bad, but you should do this. You should. But this one, when I played for them, they loved it, and I was like, hmm. But I wasn't still like that confident. My confidence was like maybe like sixty percent here. But remember yeah. the day I released Rush, I also slept. I also slept. Like to sleep. I'm telling you, see, I don't like problems in my life. I rather just sleep. So I just like, you know what? I was like, okay, I'm going to wait. So I was just waiting, waiting, waiting for 12 to hit. So I don't know how I slept. I woke up the next day, literally the next morning. I got up my phone. I had like so many missed calls, so many texts. All my aunties, all my uncles, they messaged me like, Rush, such an amazing song. I'm like, everybody has been waiting. Everybody. Yes. <laughs> so it was crazy. It was crazy. And the, the beauty of that song, uh, why, first, why did you write it? Hmm. So I wrote um, Rush with Embryo, who's an amazing songwriter. Yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, Rush was that song that broke me out of my writer's block. Because I was... The experienced writer's block? Definitely. Like, it was crazy because of... After Bloody Samaritan, Bloody yeah. Samaritan wasn't necessarily my like type of music. It was the first, like, song I'd made like that. Yeah. I'd never made anything like Bloody Samaritan before. It was just I was just trying it, and I made the song. Do you understand? And... I was in a new phase entirely now. Like there was not, there was no going back to Bloody Samaritan or trying to create another Bloody Samaritan. But yeah. that's what I felt pressured to do because I was like, okay, everybody likes Bloody Samaritan, so they expect like another Bloody Samaritan from me. True. And I'm, the way my head works it just became like, if I start acting on what people want and not what like my creativeness is, it just like blocks me from being creative and making anything. And I remember like because I was um, also touring around and like traveling and like. Performing the song, so I just kept performing Bloody Samaritan. I was like, "Oh God, everybody wants another Bloody Samaritan." So I was kind of stuck between creating what I like, my type of music, beggy beggy, like yes. Afro R and B, yeah. like Afro soul, or creating like Afro pop or Afro beats. So I was like, "Okay, I didn't know what to do," but I was trying my best. And I was still trying and I was still trying. I remember when we made Rush, when we recorded Rush. Yeah, it was like after the day, I was like, "Okay, I can't do this. Like this is literally so easy." For me, like, this is so easy. This is, as much as I want to do something, this is yeah. what comes easy for me. So, like, why can't I just do it? And I also had a very, like, important conversation with someone that, that's a friend and also, like, a musician, and I admire her so much. Yeah. And she was, like, because um, I also sent it to her, too. Yeah. I sent it to her, so I was, like, what do you think about this? Because I was, like, my head was everywhere then. Yeah. She was, like, she loves it. I was, like, Are you sure? she was, like, yes, like, we need music like this. And she's also a musician, yeah. an Nigerian musician. So she was, like, we need music like this. Like, forget, like, we, we need, like, more, like, females to make music like this. You understand? I was, like, oh, really? She was, like, yes, like, this is amazing. And it just gave me so much confidence. How? How does it feel to be in a block? How does it feel to have a writer's block? Mm, it's just like... As a musician, how? It's crazy. It's, it's most like depressing feeling because you're like, you don't know what's like... When you are sad, when I'm sad, I like to make music. When I'm happy, I like to make music. Music okay. is actually my escape. Yeah. So when, once anything is happening, I actually just want to listen to music or make music. So just imagine being in a place where you cannot even make music and there's no way to like release, like to find like release... Oh. 
So I spoke with, so I had, I had an artist on uh, techno on the podcast. And I remember I used to work at Universal then. And that was when we signed him to Universal then. And for two years, or like two years, he couldn't make music because he lost his voice. Yeah, he just woke up one day and his vocal cords were gone. Damn, couldn't talk, couldn't speak. That happened to me for like three months. It's crazy. How? Why? Why does that happen? Like for him, he said his was his acid. He has acid reflux, so he kept coming up and inflaming his throat. And he drinks, he stresses the vocals, and then he smokes. So everything just came together. For you, why, why did that happen? Mm, I think for me, I was just not properly taking care of my voice. Because like I was performing a lot and I wasn't like drinking like tea or doing vocal warm ups and like you're told to, you're supposed to drink tea when yeah you... like just like like warm stuff or like honey like all those things that you take just to like calm your like your um and also I was literally not I was literally like sleeping under like AC all those things that just literally affect your voice I was not like doing vocal warm ups at all what's a vocal warm up so it's like just like um I'm sure you heard it like. Pa, 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 me, 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 all those things I just <laughs> just to stretch your like oh. your vocal cords and like prepare them. Sometimes I'm like not even like talking at all. Then I'm just on stage and I'm shouting and I'm singing. So just type so you have of to things. exercise the voice yes, before exactly, you take exactly, it to exactly. that level. It's like warm up. Okay. Exactly. So it's like warm up before you. Yeah, it's just like no warm, not like warming up before you work out. Like yeah. exactly. So I, I couldn't like properly sing for like two months. I put this thing, and my voice was, I sounded like this. I sounded like, like, for two months. And I was performing every day still. With that voice. With that voice. So people literally, like, Ira cannot sing. I was literally saying, like, oh, Ira can't sing. I'm like, guys, like, that's if I cannot sing. I'm going through it. I'm going through a lot right now. <laughs> so, yeah. Because I, I, I remember the first time I saw you perform, you had a showcase somewhere in Lekki. Mm-hmm. I was sick, except that day. Yes, you were. <laughs> you were sick. sick. And you held it down. You did all the choreography. Mm-hmm. In my head, I'm like, this is not a sick person. <laughs> I was so sick that day. But I was like, everybody's here for me. I have to get up and I have to do this. So, yeah. so you started performing. Um, was, that, was that your first performance ever? Ever. So it was a comfortable space to mm-hmm. bring your people in yeah. and just test yourself. Yes. And so far, in what ways have you grown as a performer hmm. since that day? That time I was so nervous. Even I was so nervous that day. You had I butterflies, that all of that. Yeah, I was like, God. I remember I'll forget like a move and I didn't know what to do. Like I feel, I feel like everybody could see like, oh, like I was kind of nervous. Even though I was trying my best to be confident. But now, now I'm like, yeah, bring it on. No matter the crowd, like no matter what the crowd is, they don't even have to know my music. Yeah. By the time I leave this stage, they're going to know my music. And that's my energy every time I go on stage. Do you think it's because of, um, you've, you're now you're now confident because you've notched a number of like wins under mm-hmm. your belt. Yes, definitely that, and also I've toured. I toured around like America, and the time I was touring around America, people knew Bloody Samaritan, but they didn't really know me at that time. Now people know like Iris Star, people know like Iris Star, but at that time when I was touring, they did not really know like who I was. So I had to literally teach people my music, or like, and I had like twenty minute sets. So it was 20 minutes. I'm like, I don't even have songs up to 20 minutes. Like, guys, like, please. But I, <laughs> but I literally still have to do it. And I did it. So that I feel like that really changed me into, like, you know, I can just enter any stage now and just, like. So, so when, when, okay, just a bit. You have 20 minutes and you don't have enough records to fill that time. How do you then fill it out on stage? Yeah, you just like extend the songs, you know. Like I started, I started doing more exercises. Like after away, I'll be like, I want everybody here to go away, away, take all your job, and like I make it into like a thing, and everybody's like vibing, yeah. you know. I I I have like extra verses or something. I just like make it into like this amazing set, and I try to make it enjoyable for me especially, so I enjoy myself too. And how do you know when people don't? How when people know your records but they don't know you? How how do you feel that? How do you get that? How do you get that feedback from people? I feel like you know because it's like sometimes, like maybe at the beginning of the set when I start with like the songs that are not really um, popular in those places, in those yeah. countries or states, and they're like, okay, they're listening. Oh, she can sing cute. I'm very Samaritan. Come here, like, like what? She's the one that's. And you can see their faces. They are shocked. Everybody's happy. 
So yeah. Beautiful. And for a record, like we've done forty-four minutes of this. We <laughs> just have fifteen more. I know you oh, have wow. to go. You have to catch a flight. Yeah, I have to. And, and thank you for doing this. No, no I problem, appreciate no it. At all. And when people, I had a question I was supposed to ask earlier, but I think I skipped it. It was very related to your celestial nature. <laughs> celestial nature. <laughs> your celestial being. <laughs> That means, and was it, okay, first, before I go to the next one, but being a celestial being, what does that mean? Hmm. So as much as I I call myself a celestial being and everybody calls me a celestial being, the meaning is something I'm still discovering, you know, something that is, it makes, last year when I started calling myself a celestial being, I just like liked it and I felt like that's what I, I, I want to, I, like I said, I believe in like manifestations and I believe in like just energy, type of energy I want to be able to give. I remember like I would meet people and everybody just be like, your energy is so pure, like your aura is so pure. And I'm like, if I make people feel so good, like, mm-hmm. I mean, so let's jump in. I'm probably an angel. Like God probably sent me like for you people. <laughs> like God probably sent me to you, okay? God sent me to make your life better and that's what I'm doing. <laughs> so... <laughs> So yeah, at that time, so now I'm still discovering it and it's just making more sense now. A lot of things, it's making more sense. Um, I'll get to a stage where I will to like explain it properly to you guys, but it's something I'm just still like, you know, it's still my own for now. Then later I'll be able to... For someone like like you, you're very expressive. I know all the times I've met you, this is my second time coming down here, meeting you in this, not not in this particular room, the one downstairs. (laughs) And every time I've met you, you've been very expressive if, as a person. How do you then, and you, you, you work in a job where you're always beholden to the public. Mm-hmm. The public feels like they have a right into your existence. Mm-hmm. And everything you do, everything you say is this. How do you then stay measured? Because mm. I know you're human and sometimes you'd want to do, yeah, say things or do mm-hmm. things that you feel that way. But the world might not understand it. Yeah, like I said, like a lot of things that um, growing up in a lot of places have literally like trained me okay. into a lot of things. I remember like I was also, the way I'm expressive now, I was worse when I was younger. Like I was so expressive when I was you, younger. You, you were worse? I was worse. Like it was so bad because of, I just felt like I could, like I felt there's a certain type of confidence I had. I don't know where it came from. I thank you, Jesus. But like <laughs> the confidence I had as a child, it was yeah. Intense, it was crazy. I remember I'll, be a t- I'll tell the teacher that when I become a superstar, I'm not gonna talk to you. Like, I'll tell the teacher that, and it will beat me. I'll be like, Yeah, like, and so, like, I was that person. So, what was I saying before I skipped myself? No, we're talking about the your, where your how you like how you. <laughs> I think the angels are in the room. <laughs> I was talking, I'm like, <laughs> we're, we're talking about the about how you find ways to stay measured. Mm-hmm. So, um, like I said, like um, I used to just sometimes I would just say things like in the schools I went to, like my the secondary school I went to. I would just like talk. I would just say things, and I would not think of repercussions, and I would get like punished for that. So, as much as I, I'm expressive, I'm I've, um, I'm still expressive. I've yeah. learned that. Certain things should not be said, and certain things, you know, should like. There's a way to express certain things, and there's a way I can express certain things. I'm still learning, to be honest. Yeah. Last year, I used to be so like a certain way. I used to be, if I'm like nervous, I would just transfer aggression, and uh, but now, like, I'm literally so calm at everything because I have learned and I yeah. know how it is. You understand? So I take my time and I think my thoughts through, yeah. and I try to process everything because sometimes I'm just. I think so much, like everything's happening at once and something just leaves my mouth. I'm like, hey, God, I've messed up. But now it's not like that. Is that the only way that um, celebrity changed you? Hmm. I feel... Hmm, that's not the only way, definitely. That's not the only way. In what other way has... In my account is popping now. My bank account is popping now. <laughs> they rush, of course. You know, you know, you know. <laughs> so yeah, definitely that. Um, I just under. I feel like because I've met so many people now, yeah. I just understand people more. You understand? I understand like there are different people in. Like if I used to feel like I used to just be like, why can't you like just do something? I, I used to like just like why can't you? Pe- if somebody does something wrong, I'm like. 
why didn't you get it right? And now it's just like I understand better and I understand people like people work differently. People, yeah. you know, I, I'm I just I'm I feel like I'm more emotionally intelligent. I don't know if it's because of celebrity because I'm a, an artist now or because I'm growing up yeah. now and I'm just like learning. But that also um, my confidence too. I'll say in a way. It has like you know increased my confidence. Yeah. In a way that my confidence is not really based off of others, other people's like perspectives on me. Okay. It's more about me now. Yeah. It's more about what I believe in. Before I used to be, I used to be so confident, but I didn't realize I was confident because of every other person was confident for me, or they thought they thought something about me. And people's, I didn't understand how much people's opinions mattered so much to me, and I didn't really think for myself. Yeah. But now, like, I literally like. I talk to myself and I like I try to you know I I journal I try to like why did I do this why did I act oh, this way Oh you journal mm-hmm. oh, that's a good that's a good habit to have Yes it's really amazing really amazing it really helps me a lot you know if I do something I'm like okay why did I do this could I have reacted another way I'm writing down okay should I apologize to this person and you know I just try to create solutions oh, That's that's a way of being accountable to mm-hmm. yourself mm-hmm. I journal um, I, I'm a writer, yes. so, I, <laughs> so I would expect you to journal. <laughs> so I, I used to write. To be honest, I didn't bring my. I never brought my writing into my personal life. Mm. So my even when I have spaces where you know as a writer, people expect you to always have words. Mm-hmm. Uh, people expect you to have the right words. So even in spaces, maybe in all your relationships, maybe you have a lady and she's like, "Write me something," and I'll send an invoice. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Very good because why? <laughs> because it's my work. <laughs> like you know, I, yeah. Because it's like when like people see me, just they come in my face. I start singing for like, for what? As per like, am I a box? Am I like a singing box? Look, okay, I start singing. I'll just start singing. Hey, 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 why would I do that? Like you understand? Know, <laughs> well, <laughs> pay me. <laughs> well, well, that's what happens when you're a star. People expect things from you now. Definitely, every time, and it's just like. And me, I'm, I'm, I feel like also, like I said, the, I don't know if it's me growing older or it's the celebrity lifestyle. I just, I, I'm, I know how to express myself better now. So before, if people do things, I'll just be quiet. Yeah. And I'll just be like, if I'm hurt, like I'll just, if I don't like something, I'll just be like, okay, don't worry. And I'll just allow things pile up until. Builds resentment. Yes, exactly. And I'll just like build so much like resentment over a person or something. And I'll just like. The person will never know. I will never say, but in my mind. But now it's like if somebody like that, I'm like, don't do that. Like, mm-mm. And I'll explain to the person why you shouldn't do that. So when people like, even when fans, I'm like, somebody was like, I met a fan one time, and we were literally like talking. I don't know if I was talking to another fan, and this fan came up to me and was like, um, take a picture. I was like, say please. I'm literally a human being. Yes. You say yes. please. Five magic words. There are five magic words. Please excuse me. <laughs> You say please, you understand? She was like, "Oh, I was like, yeah, like you know, like just say please." I was, even, I was not even in a good mood at that time, so it's just like, why would you just? Why, would, why are you talking to me like this? Like I'm not even in a good mood. Somebody just annoyed me right now, and just say please. She was like, "Oh, please." I was like, "Okay, no problem." I took a picture. I was like, "Okay." Then we talked. Then she understood. You know, she was like, "Oh, I apologize again." I was like, "No problem." Like. And on the day before, I would just be quiet and I would not take a picture. I'll just be quiet. You just let it be. I'll just let it be. I'll just, just like, but now, you know, I feel like that fan now, like, she would, I don't know if she doesn't, maybe she feels a resentment towards me now or she respects me more. Yeah. You understand? It's one or the other. Yeah, but at the end of the day, I express myself and my, my I come first at the end of the day. You understand? Because people always, and that's the thing with being a celebrity, mm-hmm. apart from the fact that your humanity is often denied. Because mm-hmm. you are, people see a lot of people, especially with celebrities or musicians, people will provide a very public service. You're seen more as a utility yeah. than a person. Mm-hmm. And even in spaces where, or even in spaces where your humanity and your job clashes, maybe you don't want to do something, mm-hmm. but you're expected to do it because. Yes. Celebrity. <laughs> it's Esther, you should do it. Yeah, you should. I, like, I remember the first time I. I um like the first three months of releasing my EP, yeah, and I would just hear things like, uh-uh, "Yeah, I understand now. Act like I understand." I'm like, "How does I act? Like, I see, like, 
How? We now have, have plates go wash at home. We now my mother has texted me that she can't wash the plate. As we asking like how, like do you understand? So I didn't, I didn't understand. So those those type of things to also like like limited me a lot. I was like, okay, okay, I have to act like a celebrity. Oh yeah, let me be. And I didn't understand. Do you understand? So I didn't understand. Like I was like, why do I have to do this now? I really like. I'm still the same way I've always been. Like even I'm still the same way. Like I try. Mm-mm. When, when did you finally get into it? Like, get into who you've become? Mm-hmm. It was like, let me see. Hmm. Probably like early, after I left America. Like okay. Because it was my first time in America. And everything is so different. To be honest, like, it's crazy the culture, like, the culture shock. Yeah. Because, like, I'm in this new place. Everything is different. The um, beauty standard is different. Yeah. The um like every single thing, as much as it's America, it's still very different. You understand? Yes. Like people are like for the first time, people were like racist to me. I'm like, no you understand? Way. Like all those things, I experienced a lot of things for the first time, and I was just in a very low. Like I felt like my my energy was drained. Yeah. After my tour, I felt I just felt like so finished. I'm like, what is it? Like this is what I'm doing. Like I feel like I'm living for everybody. I'm I don't know who I am again. I don't know who I am. And I remember when I go back, I was like, I have to like, I have to, I have to do things for myself. I have to do what makes me happy. Literally, so you began to choose yourself. I started, I started choosing myself, and that and that kept you grounded and gave you definitely. enough power to be able to definitely, definitely. Like now, like when I when I'm out, when it's like I have to like enter a club. I'm still just seeing my friend. I'm literally still laughing. I'm always like, I'm still like, either I'm running or I'm dancing on the way to the stage or something, and it's like. As soon as people, like, they can be telling me that, oh, Ira, stop. Mysterious. I don't know how to be mysterious. <laughs> I don't know how to be mysterious. <laughs> so, yeah, like, now I'm just like, I'm just myself. I'm just goofy, like, on stage. I'm laughing. I'm just enjoying myself because it's so important. It's so, literally so important. And for you, you, you've done this for two years. And there's still, like, maybe a hundred more years to come. Mm-hmm. And, of course... You, I'd want you to be singing for a hundred extra years at mm-hmm. least. Uh, and just so you know, it's not exactly two years. It's like one year and like eight months. Or something. That is important to you. Yes. So Why is it? Because like it's my flex. I just have to have flex. Okay. <laughs> I, I can understand that. It's but no, but very few people have done it the way you've done. You came out with a project. Within a year, there was another project. Yeah, it, was even, it was less than a less year. Less than a year, there was another project. Not, not just a project, like a crate of songs. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> of jams. Of jams, exactly. A crate of jams. And then after <laughs> that, were you ever in any position where you felt like you were overdoing it or over, over, over-laboring them, your people? Mm-mm. Never. 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 Um, and has anyone ever tried to put you in that? Uh, have tried to put down your head? No, at all, at all. Probably, I had like a, I think, I was hanging out around like old friends one time, and it was just like, oh, like, just they tried to make me feel like guilty for doing too much, and I was like, I've always been like this, like I've always, I've always been too much. I've always been too much. Every time I've, I usually told I'm I'm too much, so I will carry this energy, like I say, maximum effort always. Nice. So yeah, hmm. oh, maximum effort always. Yes, every, into everything I do, from my makeup to my outfit. The, people, to be honest, I don't feel like I'm so eccentric. Like, people don't still understand me. Like I, when I go to like like performances, especially in Nigeria, like I'm getting like I'm just looking like ah, what is she wearing? Yes, <laughs> and, and I'm looking at the video where you have your eyes painted. <laughs> yeah, but like like I say, maximum effort always. I just I feel like. Music to me is just more than music. Yeah. It's, it's who I am, and it's like art, and I, I'm it's also it's an expression of your, an ex- of your ex- essence. Exactly. So I'm, I try to make it me. Do you understand? I try to carry myself like that from my outfits. Even though, like, I get laughs. I'm telling you, as I see people are still looking at me and laughing. I'm like, you're gonna think this is normal in two years. Don't worry. I'm the standard. We're gonna know. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> I love. I love the confidence. And so, I'm curious. You know. You've done this much for yourself in one year, eight months. Yes. <laughs> I, had to, I, had to, I had to call it because that's your flex. And for you, what's most, what's most important for you? What are you, 
what are you getting out of this? And what do you intend to get out of this? Mm. What do I intend to get out of this? Well, first, what are you getting out of this? Right now, I'm just, yes. you know, my dreams are, are like, my dream is becoming true. Okay. I must say, my, my dreams are already come to life because I'm already like an artist. Yeah. But like now I'm dreaming bigger and like I'm literally working towards my dreams and my goals and my purpose. So I feel like it's my purpose. This is music is my purpose. Helping people is my purpose. Yeah. The type of music I make literally uplifts people. And it's True. as if I'm speaking to like everybody, every time people hear my music, like, ah, did you make the song for me? It feels like you just read my mind. And that's my time. That's like the energy I carry into the studio every time. I want to be able to create solutions. You understand? I want when you're having a bad day, you can go and listen to my music and you feel better. Yeah. So that's, that's what I feel like my purpose is. And that's what I, I pour into whatever I do. Beautiful. Beautiful. And... I'm uh, thank you for doing this. <laughs> um, thank you for doing this. Um, it's me. always fun talking to you. And I had so much fun at this. Um, yeah, let me let you go catch your flight. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Ira. Thank you.